TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. It is the Fan Afternoon Show on 12.50 a.m. The Fan. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Roberts. We are live from the Lakeland University studios. Offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. This portion of the show is brought to you by Pfizer and BioNTech. Charging a cell phone can be a lot like getting a booster shot. A booster is given to enhance or, or restore protection after a primary series vaccination, which wanes over time. Schedule an appointment when you are eligible. This message brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. All right, do you want to talk a little bit about the Brewers? We haven't had a whole lot of time to talk about them. <laughs> Did you? Oh, I thought you were going to the next thing about the Bucks, and then you said Brewers, and I sensed some sarcasm back No, I think, I think what we're going to do, because I, if you want to talk about the Brewers, it is pickling here. We haven't had a whole lot of topics. So if you want to talk about the Brewers, that's fine. I do want to bring up one other topic that we can talk about. We'll talk about the Bucks tomorrow extensively. I do want to get your grade on their offseason, but we'll do that tomorrow because we just haven't had a chance to do that today. So one thing that came out... Over the weekend on ESPN was their top 10 quarterbacks. And I, I want to talk about this. And if you want to talk about the, the Brewers, you can hop into at 414-799-1250 or you can tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. So they ranked their top 10 quarterbacks according to 50 executives, coaches, and scouts. I don't know if you've seen this list yet, Adam. Have you seen it? I think I'm looking at the one. Yeah, so I think it's interesting to see who's on this list because I think a lot of the guys on there obviously deserve to be there. I think there's one name that's kind of glaringly missing, but let's go through their top 10, see who they got. All right, so at number 10, because you want to see where Aaron Rodgers is on this list, and if you don't have ESPN+, Plus, you might not have seen this. Number 10... Dak Prescott for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know. I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. But number 10, we'll see. Number 9, Deshaun Watson 
kind of surprised that they even put him in here. I, I don't know why Deshaun Watson would be in the discussion. You think he's going to play this season? Well, it certainly doesn't seem like it. All the indications are that he will not. And uh, what a, as uh, Tim Allen said, kerfuffle the Browns are going to find themselves in no with kidding. no Baker and no Deshaun. Well, they're going to be starting Jacoby Brissett, so that'll be fun. Woo! Number eight. Again, number 10, you have Dak Prescott. Number nine, Deshaun Watson going through the top 10 quarterbacks, according to 50 executives, coaches, and scouts, according to ESPN. Jeremy Fowler put this all together. Number eight, Russell Wilson. Number seven, Justin Herbert. I think a lot of people would have Justin Herbert a little higher than this. You think Justin Herbert's already gotten into that tier? Because I see a lot of people putting him right there. He's not to that point, but a lot of people are putting him right there with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Do you think he reached that point yet? Hot take. If he gets playoff wins, he could sneak into the top five. Ooh. Interesting. Number six, everyone's favorite around here, Matthew Stafford. I always thought he's a lot better than he got credit for around here. But six? I think you can put him up there. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback now. Number five. Yeah, Cooper Cup. But... Joey Burrow. I think that's a little high for me for Joe Burrow. Yeah, that that that's a little up there, I think. Top five after a Super Bowl appearance, and you're still in the very early stages of your career. This seems like one that could end up on old takes exposed in ten years if he doesn't live up to the expectations. Maybe. I, I just I think he's gonna be fine, but I think it's a little high right now. If we're being honest, I kinda and I'm a big Joe Burrow guy, not the biggest Herbert guy, but I kind of think Herbert's ahead of Burrow at this point, right? Yeah, I think, honestly, you could move Stafford up to Burrow and then put Herbert to six, Burrow to seven, and I'd probably be fine with that. Yeah, it's interesting. Number four, Tom Brady. You surprised he's not a little higher, or you think that's about right? This is the 2022 top ten quarterback, so Correct. not really. Okay, number four, Tom Brady. Number three is Josh Allen. I see a lot of people like him as their best quarterback. I don't. I can't do that. I I love Josh Allen. I still think Patrick Mahomes is better than him, and he comes in at number two, and that means the top quarterback, according to all these executives, coaches, and scouts, is Aaron Rodgers, who's kind of risen up the leaderboard of this kind of article over the last couple years. I think I'd agree with that. He's a top guy. I think I would agree that number two should be Patrick Mahomes. I think number three can be Josh Allen. I'm fine with that. And Tom Brady. I think that top four is pretty consensus, wouldn't you think? And whatever order you want to put it. But I think that's a consensus top four. Still waiting for that long discussed, never realized Rodgers Mahomes playoff appearance. Yeah, that'd be fun. And you get a Super Bowl out of that. That would be insane. Mm -hmm. I'd love a Super Bowl between those guys. Anybody missing? Can you think of anyone that's missing? Uh, top 10. I mean, these these are like all the all the hits. Again, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, Brady, Allen, Mahomes, and Rodgers. No one stands out that's missing to you? Because I think this guy gets completely disrespected. Hmm. Uh, going through Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson, the mm. MVP. What was it, 2019? A couple years ago, the 2019, yeah. 2020, or whatever year it was, MVP gets left off the top 10 list? Am Over I a wrong? guy like Prescott. Am I wrong that thinking he should be above, like, 
Quite Watson for guys, sure. Like Lamar Jackson doesn't get the credit he deserves. I don't know. I mean, we were talking, I think, about this list very briefly, and Gary was really gung-ho for Russell Wilson, and I didn't necessarily understand that. It sounded like he wanted him even higher than eight. And I, I don't think I would go higher than eight for no. him this year, but I do think he's going to be awesome this season. Oh? I think that Broncos team is going to be the best in that division. Let's ride. Who, uh, who do you have in that division? In the AFC West? Um, well, I think uh, I, I think you can eliminate the Raiders. Yeah, I think the Raiders will finish last. Uh, and then probably it's going to be, I think, a toss-up for second place between Denver and L.A. And I don't know. I just, I'm still waiting for Herbert to take that next step. Could it be this year? Maybe. But uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think LA finishes second this year. So I'm who, gonna go with my guy. So who do you have in first? Chiefs. Chiefs. I already spoiled it. My team. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Denver Broncos at the top for me. I, I got to go Broncos because I think that all those weapons that they have are going to be too much. I think Russell Wilson was injured last year, and it really did play into it. And I think that offense got a little stagnant. So I think a little bit of a refresher of going somewhere else might be good for him. Then I'd probably go the Chiefs. I, I struggle between the Chargers and Raiders. I want to believe the hype with Justin Herbert like everyone else, but... At times, he looks incredible, like he should be the top dog. And then at times, he still looks good, but he doesn't look like that same caliber as Josh Allen and those guys. I think he'll fin- they'll finish third. I-, I need to see it from them before I just crown them like so many people are doing. I need to see it from them. Where do you think he would rank in terms of the top hot-slash-cold quarterbacks in the league? Pretty Her- close to the top? Herbert? Yeah. Um, In terms of like... Like you just said, one day Streaky. is there, one day he's not. I don't know if he'd be close to the top. He is fairly consistent. I just look because if you're doing that, you have to bring in guys like Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. Jameis Winston. I don't think he's anywhere near those guys. Cause Wentz would be my number one. I think his when he plays down, he's still a solid NFL quarterback. But when he plays up at the top, he's right up there with those top guys. I think at worst, he's probably still a top ten quarterback. I don't know. I wouldn't say he's all that up and down, though. I Do will... you think he is? I mean, kind of. That's why I said I have yet to see it in the place where it matters most, the postseason, and until he can do that, I don't want to put him any higher than I did. To your point, though, about the Broncos, and I initially heard you go with them at one and was like, eh, I just can't see it. But if Melvin Gordon can have a 1,000-yard rushing season this year... Then maybe I could see it happen. Doesn't have he's to be, 29. Doesn't even have to be Melvin Gordon, man. Javante Williams is the truth. Yeah, but you know I want my guy to be okay. a thousand yard rusher. Represent the W. I mean, look man. at what they look at what they got there. If KJ Hamler can stay healthy, which has been a big if, he hasn't done it through his first two years, he's gonna be a good slot guy. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. They drafted Albert Ogugbanam out of Missouri to be a really good tight end, and now he's going to have a chance to prove it now that Noah Fant is in Seattle. I think they could be really good, and this has been kind of my point, too, about why 
Leroy goes on and says that he thinks Aaron would be fine only throwing the ball 20 times a game. I disagree with that. But I do think that Aaron would be more on board with whatever they're going to have. He's still going to be the focal point. But if it's a little bit of a lesser role, I think he'd be on board. Because if Aaron wanted to win another MVP and was selfish and just wanted his own thing and his own success, I think he could be playing with all these weapons out in Denver. But he's not. He's still playing in Green Bay. Was Hamler injured last season? Yeah. Okay, that so. makes sense, because I'm seeing his stats. He only had five receptions for 74 yards, and if he wasn't hurt, yeah, that would have been very concerning. He's been hurt a majority of his career to this point, but he was supposed to be an electric playmaker in the slot coming out of Penn State. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they can become this year. I'm hoping that another electric playmaker out of Penn State has an incredible year in Jahan Dotson. Just to throw in a commander's talk. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Love it. Well, there you go. Aaron Rodgers is at the top. I don't think there's any surprise there. But, I mean, I, I think he deserves it. Who would your top 10 be? And is Rodgers at the top for you? How do, how far does he drop after this season? Because how much of losing Devontae is going to play into that. I think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. But there you have it. Out of the top 10 quarterbacks, according to 50 executives, coaches, and scouts that talked with Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, Aaron Rodgers comes out on top. All right, we'll dive back into some Brewers talk. Maybe we'll get into some Bucks as well. Coming up next here on the Fan Afternoon Show, I'm Toby Altizer. That's Adam Roberts here on 1250 AM, The Fan. a.m. The Fan. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Roberts. Let's talk a little bit more about the Milwaukee Brewers and just get back into this topic. Didn't necessarily get to deep dive. Got some of your guys' thoughts on it. What exactly do you want out of the Brewers? What do you honestly want out of this Brewers team? 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan, maybe you weren't able to get in earlier. Got some time for you now if you want to jump in on the conversation. And the reason, again, why I bring this up, you go on Twitter after the Brewers lose two out of three to the Pirates, or they lose two out of three to the Cubs. And so they go two and four on the homestand. It's not good. I'm not trying to make an excuse for this baseball team. They cannot be losing these games. But at the same point, when you look at this baseball team, the way that some people react to it, I don't think they're being honest about how good this team is. They're sitting here at 48 and 39, nine games above 500. They're ahead of the Cardinals and the Central. And again, I think, as I've said before, there's multiple ways that you can look at this team. You can look at it in the negative light and say, gosh, this team's underperforming. They should be more than two and a half games up in the Central. They should be killing these bottom feeders. They're terrible. They are not living up to expectations. They can't score enough runs to compete in the playoffs. If they play the Mets or the Dodgers or even the Braves or, heck, even if they had to play the Cardinals in a playoff series, I wouldn't trust them. I don't think they can score enough runs. The pitching, not great. And you could be negative in that sense and are any of the things that you said necessarily wrong? I don't think so. You know, the hitting has underperformed. The pitching has underperformed. For the most part, I think that this team could be a lot better than it has been and they should have a bigger lead than two and a half games. So again, are you wrong? No. But you can also look at it on the flip side. 
And I think this is a lot of how Tim and I look at it, and I think it frustrates some people, and I get it. I understand that sometimes you feel like we're not being honest with ourselves and looking at this team and saying, you're not being honest about these guys. You're not looking at this team objectively and taking the fandom away from it and saying, how good is this baseball team actually? When in reality, I think Tim and I both are doing that, but maybe we're just a little bit more brewers leaning than the rest of you guys and that we think that, or maybe we just have more faith in the guys they have on this baseball team. Whatever the case may be, you can look at this team optimistically and say, look at the injuries they've had. Ashby's missed time. You've had time missed by Woody. Peralta's been out for a while. You've missed guys in the lineup. And then you look around the diamond and say, all right, these guys have all pretty much underperformed. If we're looking at the diamond and saying who's played up to their level or who's overachieved, there'd be very few guys that even just played up to their level, much less overachieved. Pretty much everyone is underachieved. Then you look at the pitching itself and you think, well, that could be better too outside of a handful of guys. Not even You have Boxberger, who's been solid, Williams, Hayter, Corbin Burns. They've been pretty good. But outside of that, has the pitching lived up to it? And yet here they are, nine games above 500, still in first place by two and a half games over the Cardinals. Would you like the lead to be bigger? Sure, but at least they're not sitting two and a half games behind the Cardinals at this point. So I think that's the interesting part with this baseball team is you can look at it both ways. And the reason I'm asking what what do you want out of this team is because I think that shapes exactly what you're looking for with the Brewers going forward. Do you want them to win the World Series? Do you want just another playoff appearance? Do you want them to spend more money? Do you want, what do you want? Because looking at some of the comments from Brewers fans over the weekend, I don't think they know what they want. And you kind of have to look at yourself and decide, what do I want out of the Brewers? And that can make your decisions for you going forward. If you say, I want a World Series, okay, so what's your best route to do that? If you deem that your best route of doing that is by selling, okay, then let's do that. If you deem that your best chance at winning a World Series is trying to go all in right now and mortgaging the future to try and win right now, well, let's do that. Again, there's no, I, I don't have a problem with the different viewpoints, and I don't even necessarily have a problem with the negativity. I just think some Brewers fans are negative for no reason at times, and that kind of frustrates me. And I think sometimes you put the Brewers in a situation where either way you're going to be mad at them. You know, you go back to the beginning of the season. And when the Brewers were sitting there comfortably in first place and they were up there with the top teams in the National League, you'd look at it and say, yeah, that's awesome, but we're beating bottom feeders like the Pirates and the Cubs. You know, it is what it is. That's awesome, but who cares? It's Pirates and the Cubs. And the next thing you know, you lose to those teams and you say, we're losing to the Pirates and the Cubs? What the heck is wrong with this team? And so you don't give this team a chance to really satisfy you at all because you're going to be negative if, even if they win the baseball game. And then when they lose the baseball game, you freak out. So I, I'm just trying to understand where a lot of you are at with the Brewers. If uh, Again, I, I think a lot of you are on the right page here. If you flipped a page of saying, I'm sick of just getting in the playoffs and I want to win a World Series, I understand that and I'm fine with that. I think that's a good spot to be at as an organization where your fans are no longer complacent to the fact that a playoff appearance is enough. I think it's good that you've built the expectation because you've been good for so long now that 
it's no longer about just winning the National League Central and beating the Cardinals and the Cubs. It's about trying to win the whole thing. I'm fine with that. But let's try to figure out exactly what we're looking here for. Because if we're looking at it saying, you know, I saw one person on Twitter say it's a direct reflection of ownership. Well, a direct reflection of ownership in what? That they're a winning franchise? That they're in first place in the National League Central? That they're a team that's probably going to make a fifth straight playoff appearance? Something that's never been done in the franchise's history? Uh, what are you saying there? Are you calling the ownership good? Because I don't think that's what you're doing, but everything I just named about this franchise has been good. You have one of the best pitchers in baseball. When you signed a, a guy to a deal, he was the MVP of the league. He was willing to fork out for him. And also, by the way, this payroll that you say is tiny, it's 19th in Major League Baseball. Is it top half of the league? No. Is it above league average? No. But is it down there at the bottom with the Orioles and the Rays? Also, no. And also... It's the most they've ever spent in a payroll in major or in Brewers history. So let's be a little bit honest about that as well. Adam, you got something to add? Well, I was very I was curious because you are this station's resident Washington Nationals fan. Sure. You've been for quite a while. And as you know, but maybe some who don't follow baseball outside of the Brewers might not realize. There was a period when the Washington Nationals very much mirrored what we are going through right now in Milwaukee. Uh, going back to 2012, I've got finally the numbers in front of me. Yep. That was the year they finally had their first winning season, I think, since coming over from Montreal. Mm-hmm. 98 wins, lost in the NLDS. Mm-hmm. Two years later, 96 wins, lost again in the NLDS. Mm-hmm. 2016, 95 wins, lost in the NLDS. Same the following year two more wins, eventually getting a World Series in 2019. So I'm curious, leading up to that 2019 World Series team, I don't know how privy you were to what the general thought process was of Nats fans in the D.C. area. Did you kind of follow along as that process was going forward year after year? Yeah, I mean, Twitter, Facebook, whatever the case may be. I wasn't much of a talk radio guy growing up. But But on Twitter, were you kind of watching and comparing it with where we are now these last four or five years here, do you see some similarities in that close but not quite enough after um, an extended period before that of not being very good? So in 2019, that team came in with high expectations because they had made it in 2018, correct, and lost to the Dodgers? Uh, 2018, they went 82 and 80, did not make the playoffs. Okay, so I'm trying to think. But they came in with pretty high expectations, either way. Sure. So they came in with high expectations, and they were 19-31 and through 50 games. So maybe this is why I have this idea that I'm never going to count a team out that I have faith in, that I look at their roster and I think they're better than what they're showing. Because the Nationals were 19-31 and through 50 games, and I interned here at the fan at the time. And you can ask some people. I don't know that I have receipts necessarily, but... And maybe I don't have this feel yet with the Brewers... But they got going in a series, and I recall telling someone, because it was the end of May, they were 12 games under 500, and I said, they got going towards the end of May, beginning of June, and I said, by the time July rolls around, they're going to be at or above 500. And I forget who I was working with, I said, you're crazy. And then they got it turned around and were above 500 by then. And then when they got into it, they got in as a wild card team, and I said that they would win the World Series, and that's what they went on and did. And I think for them, 
they'd gotten into a rut of winning the division and then falling out in the playoffs because they couldn't hit. They'd get into the playoffs hmm. and they could not hit. The only hitting they had was Bryce Harper home runs. And when they got in finally in 2019, can you look up that run in 2019? What were their run totals? Because I, I can't recall if they had explosion games or not. But even so, you look at the Braves last year against the Brewers, and at times, yes, you need offense. But they're also not going to score 10 runs a game. This is just where I look at this Brewers team, and the reason I have faith is there's a couple guys, and I brought this up to Sparky, and he even kind of agrees, even though he's on the other side of this. You have guys on this Brewers offense. This is how they built it. They said, let's build pitching. That hasn't necessarily lived up to the bill, but let's build through pitching. And if that can be as good as we expect it to be, we've got basically lottery tickets, one through nine. You look up and down the Brewers lineup. Is it studs? No. Yelly? Is he the Yelly that you knew? No. But is there a stretch where he could get going for a week or two and be a big part of the offense and why you win some baseball games? Sure. I think you believe that. Willie Adamas? I think you believe that he can get going. Rowdy? Same thing. Luis Urias? Same sort of thing. Colton Wong, Narvaez, do I need to go around the whole diamond? I think you look, and you've seen a lot of these guys get going for a one, two, maybe even a three-week stretch, maybe get going for a month. And you think, all right, this guy can help us. And this is what David Stearns looks at and says. Is this generally going to be a good offense? Probably not. Are these guys' averages going to average out to look at it and say, wow, they hit 280 or 260? No, it's not. But over a two-week stretch, can I have two or three guys do it? Sure. And that's how you get the World Series heroes. That's how you get the playoff heroes. Was David Freeze? I brought him up. Is David Freeze a guy that was someone that was known throughout Cardinal land before he got going? I'm sure people knew who he was, but he wasn't the the legend that David Freeze became. And I'm sure there's others throughout that are uh, slipping my mind, but there's Randy Rosarina with the, the Rays that one year. Can you get someone that just gets going? You know who has that written all over it to me? Hmm. Jace Peterson. Jace Peterson has playoff hero written all over it to me. One of those sort of guys. Do you have those pulled up? What were the run do. totals? Well, what? so you were looking for spots where they were maybe in a bit of an offensive burst, and I found one spot in particular that was interesting. This is now regular season. We're talking 2019. There was a stretch from about August 14th through August 21st where they had games against the Reds, they scored 17-1. and one. Against the Brewers, they scored 14 and lost. 15-14 to 14 game on the 17th. Insane. Uh, then the following game, they put 16 on the Brewers and uh, Chase Anderson, 16-8. to eight. Then a 13-0 win over the Pirates. Two games later, they win 11-1. So they did have a stretch of time where there was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 out of seven games scoring in double figures. Here's what here's kind of where I'm looking at though. I, and I was looking in the postseason. So this is the oh. this is the Nationals in the postseason. Four to three over the Brewers. Sorry to bring that up. Yeah. Six to nothing to the Dodgers. They lost. Four to two. Ten to four they lost. Six to one over the Dodgers and seven to three. It's maybe a little bit more than the Brewers are capable of. I'll give you that. But I think the Brewers can have a, a series where they score enough runs. Two to nothing over the Cardinals, three to one over the Cards, eight to one and seven to four over the Cards. World Series, five to four, twelve to three, they won. Four to one they lost, eight to one they lost, seven to one they lost, all at home. 
And then the Nationals went seven and two and six to two to win in game six and game seven to win it. This is the reason I bring it up. They don't have to score 15 runs every time they're out there to win baseball games. They don't even have to score eight runs every time. Did that team that I brought, you know, we brought up maybe score more runs than the Brewers are capable of? Sure. Maybe they are. Are they capable of beating teams in a series against who they're going against? I think they are. Let's look back to the 2021 Atlanta Braves series against the Brewers. Because a few things here or there could absolutely change if they just have a few more runs go their way. Because look back at the scores of that game. Game one in that series. 2-1 to one Brewers. Next game, 3 nothing Braves. 3 nothing Braves game three. 5-4 to four Braves game four. You think the Brewers could win that series still? Look, I, I don't think that everyone thinks the Braves were the best team going into the postseason last year. I don't think anyone thought that they were going to win the World Series. Maybe the Braves didn't even believe that. But they went out and did it because they worked together as a team. They got hot at the right time. And this is why I agree with Bart to an extent. Generally, when I come, you look at those things, I don't agree with what he says sometimes with those sort of, oh, it's just whoever gets hot and you never know who's going to win. With basketball, you generally have an idea who's going to win. With football, generally you have an idea who's going to get to the Super Bowl and who's going to win. With baseball, who knows? Any of the team that gets in have a chance to do it. Anybody that gets hot gets to do it. What was the Braves' record last year? I don't think they even won 90 games last year. And yet they were the World Series champions. Last year they won 88 games. 88 and 73 while the Brewers were 95 and 67. Get hot at the right time. Have your guys hitting the baseball at the right time. And this Brewers offense, while it may be painful to watch at times, I think it'd be enough for them to win. I think they need to make moves. Would I love an offense that I'm a little more confident? Absolutely. But at the same time, there's nine guys up and down this order that have the chance. And you know the most frustrating part about this for me, the most frustrating thing about this for Tim and I, while we go through this as the eternal optimist that people get so frustrated listening to, is we're never going to be able to prove ourselves until October. The proof is in the pudding. I can keep saying this and saying this in July. I've said it in April. I said it in May. I said it in June. I'm going to say it all throughout July, and I'll probably stick with it in August and September. But the hard thing for me and the hard thing for Tim is we can keep saying all this, but we have no proof until it rolls around in October time frame. And so bear with me, but I'm going to have the same take the entire baseball season, more than likely. It is tough in the world of sports Twitter, too, where every single day is a new reason to get upset about something. Having to hang on to your thoughts and opinions for three, four, five months, I have to imagine it's pretty agonizing. Respect. Well, here's the reason. we got to take a quick break here. The reason that I believe this team is I look at the roster and I think it's good enough. I think if everything goes right, it's good enough. And you say, well, they need to be better. I agree, they could be better. I would love to see them make some different moves to improve. But I think when everything clicks, they're good enough. And you need a little bit of luck to win a World Series. That's just the nature of how it works. That's just the nature of sports, really. And if a couple things go the Brewers' way, I don't see a reason that they couldn't be competing for a World Series this year and try and win one. It just means that they're going to have to play better. And at some points, as much as we rag on Coach Bud, at some points, that's what sports comes down to. The players just have to play better. 
are we going to take a quick break? When we come back, we'll wrap up the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Adam Roberts on 1250 AM, The Fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 12.50 a.m. The Fan. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer, and that is Adam Roberts as we wrap up. This afternoon, I'll be back in tomorrow. We'll talk with Bart Winkler and Bob Herrig. You going to check out some Summer League action tonight, Adam? Uh, if it's on, if I can get it. We don't have an Apple TV Plus situation. <laughs> yeah, but Bucks celtics tonight would be exciting generally, but it is a Summer League. So I know Bart's going to be watching because he wants to see if the young guys follow like disciples to the old guys and just flop around the whole game. Oh, yeah, for the Celtics, you mean? Yeah. I was very confused what you were trying to say. Like, what do you mean no, by the, that? The Bucks dudes are not going to be flopping around. And in their first summer league game, uh, Marjan Bochamp had 16 points, six of 12 from the field, three of six from downtown, 94 to 90. They beat the Nets. Are you one that watches summer league though? I, I, I don't know. I. I see people overreacting. Just a real quick update on Johnny Davis. Oh. He struggled in his two games, and all of the Wizards fans that I see on Twitter are saying, waste of a pick, he's going to be a bust, typical Tommy Shepard, he sucks. He... So they're not big fans of Johnny Davis. Overreaction to a summer league game. I'm shocked. <laughs> I, I don't understand the people that dive hardcore into these games because – Yes, it's fun to watch these guys. Yes, it's good to see, you know, what your future is going to be like with some of these guys, but I just can't get into it. I, I got better things to watch than Summer League basketball. If there's nothing on and I want to watch something, that's fine, but some of these dudes I've never even heard of. You know, it's awesome to watch, like, you want to watch Chet Holmgren with the Thunder. Okay. You want to watch Paolo Bancaro with the Magic. Even you want to watch your own team and see what Bochamp's doing. That's fine. But you're just watching random summer league action. I, I can't get on board with that. Like I, I just don't, I don't care that much. Maybe if it was two years ago and it was the literally only thing going on, even though there was no basketball during the summer of 2020, we had to deal with Korean baseball instead. Maybe then, but otherwise, I don't know. I can't. I'm like you, man. I can't read too deeply now. 
That being said, you best be sure if Marjan has a 30-point game tomorrow, we're going to be opening our show probably talking about his 30-piece in the Summer League. Yeah, so, I mean, we're going to be talking about some, you know, we'll look at it, I'll look at some stuff happening, we'll talk about it, and we're going to dive into the Bucks tomorrow, but I'm not... I'm not living and dying on all this. I know some people are like breaking down the summer league and hey man, more power to you if you're watching every minute of this and breaking it all down. That's just not going to be me. Could be worse. At least we're not Sacramento fans. Yeah, apparently they're happy. Do you have that list in front of you? <laughs> uh, no, I do not. Can you pull up that list for a second? So we were talking before the show and apparently according to, I don't know where it is, Adam will source it once he gets it. There's a top 10 happiest fans in... The National Basketball Association. Milwaukee's in there, at least. Yeah, so this was a study retweeted by the NBA Central account, but done by Online Betting Guide, which is interesting. This has really nothing to do with betting at all. Although, I guess you could make odds for anything, including what is actually the happiest fan base based on serotonin levels. (laughs) Uh, But yes, the happiest fans in the NBA. Uh, Coming in at number 10, we have the LA Clippers. Why would Clippers fans be all that happy? I don't know. I mean, compared to the last 20 years. I mean, at, years, least you went and, at least they went and did something and got Kawhi and Paul George, but I don't know. I wouldn't be all that happy if I'm them. Not really. Uh, number nine on the list are our own Milwaukee Bucks. Why would you be happy if you're a Bucks fan? <laughs> I mean, we're two years removed, man. <laughs> well, it's not that long ago. It's what, not ancient history. You, you can bring all that up. I'll give you two words. Giannis and Tedekumpo. That's yes. why I'm happy if I'm a Bucks fan, right? There. When I drive home and I drive by the mural, when I go up on the lakefront to go home, I smile. Oh, yeah. Nothing so, better. Yeah. I'm on cloud nine. Weather's pretty good around here. We got Giannis. I'm not too sad. Now, talk to me again in December when I don't see the sun for two weeks. <laughs> uh, number eight, Lakers. I'm going to do okay. a speed run, I think, here. Sure. Seven, Cleveland Cavaliers? Question mark? Okay. Six, Denver Nuggets. I I think I got one reason why they're happy, but continue. I understood that reference. Five, the aforementioned Sacramento Kings. (laughs) What are they happy about? I guess Keegan Murray looked good in the summer league, but come on. I think this is less a, yeah, man, I'm really happy, and more a, I am happy, can't you tell? (laughs) I'm over the moon, man. Uh, number four, Golden State Warriors. Yeah, a lot to be happy about there. Number three, Miami Heat. Okay. Number I think that's the weather. I'd be yeah. happy. My team could suck down there, and I'd be happy. This is really interesting. Number two, the Chicago Bulls fan base. Yeah, because they're relevant again, finally. And number one, happiest fan base in the NBA per online betting guide, the Memphis Grizzlies. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. I'd be pretty happy if I were a Grizzlies fan. Got John Morant. Team's looking good. Made the playoffs. Gave the Warriors a little bit of a run. Why yeah. not? Saying things that he didn't actually say about Michael Jordan. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Well, that's going to do it this afternoon for the Fan Afternoon Show. Tomorrow, we'll talk about this Bucks team and what grade you'll give their offseason because... You know, they've kept most everybody, but how do you feel about them this offseason? We'll recap the Bucks and Celtics Summer League matchup. Also preview Brewers and Twins. 
Bart Winkler will join the show coming up at 4.30. We'll do some draft mockery with him. And Bob Herrig from Sports Illustrated will join the show at 5 o'clock and we'll preview the Open Championship and talk about Tiger. Hopefully he can get it going. Hopefully he can stay healthy for the whole tournament this time. And maybe, who knows, he could win the 150th iteration of the Open Championship at St. Andrews. That would be awesome. All right, that'll do it. I'm Toby Altizer for Adam Roberts. We'll see you next time. Nice going. Nice going, Adam. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.